Today, I want to introduce you to Robin W. Pearson. And the reason I invited her to come on this podcast was because her fiction really resonated with me to the point where I wanted to know her life story, something behind the scenes. Maybe you've had that before where you've read somebody's novel and you're thinking, hmm, I'd really like to know something about this author herself. So that's what you get to have today with Robin Pearson. We're going to talk about her book, Walking in Tall Weeds, talk about a little bit of her writing journey and how God brought her through some of the waiting and the hard times that come along with that and her life as a homeschooling mom of seven children. So I hope that you enjoy this interview as much as I did. Robin is delightful and I really love her book. So you're going to hear me recommend that a couple of times. You're listening to Life Repurposed, where you'll find practical biblical wisdom for everyday living, creative inspiration, and helpful resources. Grow your faith, improve your relationships, discover your purpose, and reach your goals with topics to encourage you to find hope amid the trashy stuff of life. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. I'd like to introduce you to my guest today, Robin W. Pearson. Her writing sprouts from her Southern roots, her faith in Jesus Christ, and her love of her husband, seven children, and four-legged baby Oscar. She's the author of the Christie Award-winning A Long Time Comin', Till I Want No More, and her latest, Walking in Tall Weeds. Follow this homeschool mama to hear her adventures in faith, family, and fiction. I'm happy to have you joining me on this chat with Robin Pearson today. I want to tell our listeners what I was just telling you off air. I invited Robin on here because I read her novel, Walking in Tall Weeds, and I'm so picky about the fiction that I read. And as I was reading this book that was gifted to me by a mutual friend, it there was just something about it that made me say, I want to know the story of the author, not just the book that you wrote. So that's why Robin is here today. So thank you so much for putting these stories down, but thank you so much for living a life that exemplifies what you teach. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I've been stalking you a little bit on your website to (laughs) see. (laughs) So you've seen me whine then you've read my. (laughs) I just, I love how you're real about relationships, about life. You have practical things, the same thing that you have in your fiction with you know, the, the, well, even on the book resource that you have, you have recipes and just practical things mixed in with truths about relationships. So Mm -hmm. before we get into talking too much about the heavy stuff, I just want to know, what do you do when you get a moment to relax? Wow. You have eight kids. So do you have those moments? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have have seven and my, yes. And my dog. So my kids probably think he's one of, one of them, (laughs) the way I behave. So, um, but what do I, I love to read, um, mm. at, at least I used to in a former life, um, <laughs> but I love word puzzles. I love, you know, doing jigsaw puzzles. I love number puzzles. So I, I think it's, I don't know if that goes back to just, you know, questions that you have, like life questions and just wanting to be able to figure them out. 
And that's why I love math as well. And there's an answer with it. So something about <laughs> putting things together and knowing there's an answer and working toward it and working toward this finished thing. I don't know if that all kind of goes together, yeah. you know, because so much in life, there's so many questions that there is no complete picture. There's no complete answer. So there's something so satisfactory about doing a puzzle and doing math and working through a problem. So I love doing those things. I haven't thought about that because like when you read a book, it has an end or when you Mm -hmm. put a puzzle together, it has an end. I have never thought about that. That's really deep. But maybe that's why I like things that I can finish because there are so many unfinished things in life. So many unfinished things. And even, you know, with I was talking with my daughter today, who's now in the working world, just graduated from college and um, and she sees the difference, just, you know, that little, you know, a few months leap into the working world and mm-hmm. the, the checklist, you don't like, you know, check off an assignment and then that's done and you move mm-hmm. to a different class. Like now things just kind of ease and ooze into other, you know, things and mm-hmm. tasks and responsibilities. There just doesn't seem to be a concrete end to things now, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, this links to that and there's more work and then there's more work and yeah. But it's nice knowing life that there is some place where you can put yeah. glue on the puzzle and hang it on the wall <laughs> yeah. and it's done. <laughs> I have found that I my kids are both adults now and married. And I have found that life is actually more complicated with grown children than it was when they were oh little. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> I, I used to hear that when they were little and you were potty training and you couldn't get through church because you're trying to, you know, like, <laughs> you know, that was my hard thing. And, and I would hear from you know, people with older children and, and they would say that and like, okay, I'm sure, but this is really hard. Not sleeping through the night. It's really hard. But now, yes, this is also <laughs> really, yeah. really hard navigating these relationships and Sometimes you still don't sleep through the night because of your children. Yeah. And, you know. Or there are yeah. questions about things like finances and, and things yes. that, you know, you have to walk them through their first yeah. home loan or something like that. Yeah. Good things. Good things yes. Though. Yes. Good things. Yes. So I'd love to know a little bit about your faith story. Have you always been in a family of faith or did you come to know Jesus later in life? Well, I was you know, raised in the church. I think most, you know, a lot of black people will say it that way. I was raised in the church, you know, and I was my, you know, my parents were really active in their Baptist church. My dad was a deacon. My mom was a deaconess and, you know, they wear their white, you know, suits and clothes on first Sundays. My mother would, you know, wash the, you know, communion cups and we went to vacation Bible school. We did all those things, Sunday school. Um, My dad was known for, we couldn't, you know, do things in the rest of the week if we didn't go to Sunday school, get there on time <laughs> on Sunday. So we were, you know, going to motivated, church, very motivated, but it wasn't, um, I didn't have, I, I like an, an active person, personal one-on-one relationship with God. Um, I know that, you know, my grandmother by like, she, you know, she prayed for me. She was a really, you know, just a joy filled woman. Mm-hmm. And, um, when I look back on that, I see that that's because of her relationship with the Lord. Like I just knew at the time she was just always full of love. And even though her life was really hard, you wouldn't know that to look at her. She was Mm. just always smiling and just, you know, with everything that she went through. And later it wasn't until college um, when, you know, a group of us would always go to, you know, we'd go to church. We were in that habit, you know, the Lord had planted those seeds all along and drawing me to him, but going to church and, meeting my now husband, you know, it wasn't until then that I developed, you know, that relationship, that personal 
started, you know, just one-on-one with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, it's, you know, it's just been walking that through for the last, you know, I'll say 10 years since college, but it's really, <laughs> <laughs> really 30, but you know, it's just everyday step, each step um, of just growing mm-hmm. in it, in my faith. But yes, definitely seeds planted a long time ago. And it's a journey. I graduated from college 30 years ago also. (laughs) Think about it. Um, But, you know, it is that journey where sometimes we we think we're going to look back at a certain date. And my life has been a meandering of arriving Mm -hmm. and then thinking, nope, I didn't really arrive. God has something else to work on in me. Absolutely. Absolutely. You think, yeah, okay, I can see, you know, you're on this mountaintop, but oh, there's the valley right there. Like I can see the valley too. (laughs) So, yes. Yeah, yeah, something new to learn every every day. So yeah. yeah, tell me a little bit more about the valleys that you've experienced. Well, um, we have you know seven children, as you know, but you know there's just seasons. You know, I I had you know a few miscarriages, and mm-hmm. there are times when I didn't know where the Lord was. Like you know, I I felt like he had he had fulfilled our desire. You know, that, to have a baby or to get pregnant and um, and then sometimes there's that silence when you're, you're questioning, you're questioning your faith. You're thinking it's because of something you did or, you know, that you're suffering this loss. And, and then also like when in the writing journey, I mean, this was, you talked about meandering, but you know, this has been quite, uh, you know, wandering path here. I feel like to getting published and I'll, along the way I had to decide to just let it go because the wanting of it was consuming me. You know, mm. I was using that rejection and saying, it, you know, feeling rejected, you know, taking that rejection personally, taking the silence from, you know, you send queries off, you know, how, the, yeah. how it works. And it's a long process yes, for the listener the who's process. not familiar with publishing. It can be yes, years and years of years sending something years. out and waiting and sending it out yeah, and waiting. And silence and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And, you know, just trying to find my place, like, where mm-hmm. do I fit in? How, do I need to change myself, you know, in order to fit, you know, I could, because I often felt like I just didn't fit anywhere. And so that right, this writing journey just kind of, I don't know. And those places where I think I'm the weakest, that's where, you know, God has put me, you know, where you, you know, are, you have to, you're not supposed to take on, you know, what other people like or don't like, but as a writer, you're writing for an audience Mm -hmm. and, like all of that, this whole journey, like you think, okay, finally you get published, you you have this book and, you know, people like it and, you know, get an award for it. But then it's still, where you're still seeking, you know, affirmation, just asking the Lord, what do you say? And why am I doing this? That's, you know, for me, I just have yeah. to constantly ask myself, why am I doing this? Who am I doing this for? Um, what did the Lord want me to say? And am I pleasing him? Am I glorifying him in what I'm writing? And, but there's just so many, you know, it's just, it's just an incredible faith journey. At least it is for me. And, you know, as a homeschool mom, we're constantly being told not to look over the fence at this homeschooler's life and, you know, what they're doing and what their kids mm-hmm. are doing. And it's the same with writing. Don't look over there and say, oh, oh my goodness, they're doing reels now. Or, <laughs> oh, they're, you know, <laughs> or they're getting this, oh, yeah. this award, <laughs> you know, stay over here where God has you. And, you yeah. know, yeah. Oh, it's so hard, though, because the publishers are like about numbers. Yes. And yes. Then the readers are, you know, there's engagement yes. and measuring all yes. these things. Yes, and, it's, 
Yeah, yeah it's hard to remember that it's not a measurement of your self worth. Yeah, that's it. See there, that's exactly it. You said it in about what five words, and it's mm-hmm. a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a measurement of your self worth, but there's so many things in life. That's what we do. Like we want to be able to check off and mm-hmm. and look and say, okay, I did this well. You know, I want this mm-hmm. pat on the back, or you want this affirmation, and it doesn't come, but you have to trust trust God, you know, we, um, we just came back from vacation to see the ark and, um, and just thinking about Noah and just how, what 75, you know, experts say it's either 75 or 120 years that he, you know, worked on it, but just his faith in that he believed God, like, this is what the Lord wanted me to do. And, you know, and was faithful in it. And that's what I want to do. I want to be faithful in it, no matter, you know, what, what you hear or don't hear or not knowing what the end will be, but to be faithful in the work. And so that's what I want to just be faithful in the work. I've never thought about that comparison, but that's, that's a great comparison because I haven't thought about Noah and waiting and a writer, you know, like the Noah had all this outside input from people who said he was yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's like to to tune out all of that and really listen to where God is directing you to go. Yeah. Yeah. But I think if he had to ask for reviews, you know, <laughs> on what he was doing and then if he, if he works based on that, you know, it's yeah. Yeah. So, or <laughs> Noah on TikTok. <laughs> yes. yes. You know, yeah. Prior to being a stay at home mom, did you have a career outside of the home? I did. I did. I started work at a publishing company, Hope Mifflin Company um, after college. And so I started as an administrative assistant and just moving papers around and, you know, planning meetings and that kind of thing and worked my way up to being an editor. And it was in school publishing. So I worked in social studies and great group of people. There were uh, former teachers, um, did some writing there and just, they were so supportive, so loving. Um, and after that we moved to Florida. We were living in Boston at the time. We moved to Florida and I was doing a lot of freelancing. Then I was pregnant with my first child and I knew I wanted to be at home with him. And so I started freelancing and I worked for another school publisher, but in math. So, you know, I've loved, I was loved writing, I always loved editing and God just opened mm-hmm. a door for me to be able to do that. And I also started writing for articles like for parenting magazines, that kind of thing. So, so writing really has been in your heart for a long time. It has. How did you balance that out then with not only being a mom, but eventually they got to be school age and you started homeschooling? I've always been a night owl. I get, I inherited that from my mom. (laughs) So, you know, when people, I would always always, well, I work third shift because I would, you know, do all these, you know, all the home life, you know, managing the home, taking care of, you know, family and then stay up, you know, late and do a lot of the editing that I needed to do or writing, you know, later. So it was just a lot of burning the midnight oil. It's catching up with me now mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm over 50 <laughs> <laughs> and I have to remind myself, oh, I can't do those same things, you know, anymore. Rest is also a, yeah. a good thing. It's not just a four letter word. So, yeah. um, but I'm just wired that way to mm-hmm. be able to work a lot at night. And, and it also gives, gives me time, um, you know, my own because with having a busy family and as an introvert, mm-hmm. you know, you can have that time to think. Or cry, whatever you need to do by yourself. It's it's a good time. (laughs) That was when I became more of a night owl as well when my kids were little and I I had left a career to be a stay-at-home mom and 
I wanted something to fulfill me outside of changing yeah. diapers and cleaning the house and all yeah. those things. And so I started quilting and doing some of that stuff late at night and starting writing mm -hmm. as well. And yeah, I do need more sleep now, but I can relate to that idea of wanting to, the house is quiet, the phone isn't going right. to ring and I can just be alone with my thoughts. Everyone's mm -hmm. sleeping. Mm -hmm. You know, God has used that time because just thinking about that time with my children, like before uh, the books and mm -hmm. uh, before having to build this platform when I thought, okay, I don't, what am I going to do with the platform? And I just decided, I just poured into my family and, you know, just kind of held my hand open to let God take this desire to be published out of it, you know, because I just held on to that dream for so long. And when I did that though, he, I feel like he's used those experiences, you know, with my family in my writing in ways that I just hadn't you know, imagine our plans. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's when I think about, you know, moms who choose to, you know, be at home, moms or dads who choose to be home with their families, to not think of giving up something, you know, that or that they've lost something, but mm -hmm. they're in, investing somewhere else that God will use it. He will, he will reap the benefits of it in just some unexpected way. That's so encouraging for the listener who's getting input, just like you have with your writing. People get input from people when they make those other life decisions, too. Like, I remember when I left my career mm. as a registered nurse, people saying, you're crazy, right. you're giving up your income, you're, you know, all these. And there's all this stuff coming at you and you have to figure out, like, what's right, right for your family. Right. And then pursue that. So for some, it is full time outside of the home. For me, it was being home with mm -hmm. the kids. I didn't homeschool. Uh, I just knew that wasn't. You know, I, just, I love your. Face. I have so much respect. <laughs> Sorry, the <laughs> listeners can't see me, but I have so much respect for people who homeschool because I couldn't even teach my kids how to play piano without it just turning into. I have two boys, so it just it's didn't go well. Gosh, you could eat that. Like I, I admire that you could eat that, but I no, <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Someone meant, you know, suggested to us when um, we were looking trying to make some home, you know, schooling decisions, um, with our first son and like the cost of private school, like it was just trying to figure that out. And, um, we moved a lot, you know, my husband with my husband's company and when they suggested homeschooling, I thought, okay, well, that's good for those people, you know, but <laughs> you know, I just <laughs> knew my personality and I just didn't feel, you know, equipped or, you know, just basic things, you know, I don't mm. grow stuff. I don't, you know, so stuff, you know, just those kind of ideas, <laughs> just the time to myself, things I wanted to do and accomplish. And, you know, God just changed those dreams and goals for us. And it has worked out, you know, for us. It, I never imagined seven children at the time. I think we, you know, three when we started. So, you know, it's just different, <laughs> different. He always does that, but doesn't he? Like he works things out yeah. so much differently than we think we have laid out for ourselves. Just like when you were asking uh, a few minutes ago, you know, yeah. why does God make you do hard things? These are the questions like, yes. God, why do you always give me challenges? Or yes. why do you take me in directions that I, I didn't yeah. plan to be a stay-at-home mom? Like, I, when I was in college, I had a career in mind and mm -hmm. I was all about money. I was going to make money and mm. God completely changed that. It was, and that's one mm -hmm. of part of my life repurpose story. Each of us has those elements mm -hmm. where he's repurposed something. This episode is brought to you by the book and Bible study called The Repurposed and Upcycled Life, When God Turns Trash to Treasure. Are there experiences you'd rather toss in the dumpster? Discover the repurposed and upcycled life. 
This Christian Living in Humor book and accompanying Bible study will help you see how some of your greatest disappointments, mistakes, and hurts can be beautiful treasures from God. Move forward with new purpose even in the midst of the trashy stuff of life. The workbook includes small group discussion, Bible study, doodles to color, and optional at-home applications each week. This is a study for busy women with easy prep for leaders and very little homework for participants. This simple format is welcome for busy women who are looking for deeper relationships with one another without the burden of extra homework. You'll find more about the best-selling book, The Repurposed and Upcycled Life, When God Turns Trash to Treasure, at michellerayburn.com. You mentioned your grandmother a little bit ago, and I'm wondering how has your extended family been part of who you are as a, a woman and a mother now? Um, well, I'm the youngest of three sisters. Um, my you know, parents are three girls, and just those dynamics, even, you know, we have, you know, aunts, uncles, you know, grandparents, and they all, you know, inspired so many, you know, different, you know, parts of the stories that I've, I've written. Um, and those stories that you just kind of continue to live, you know, mm-hmm. my parents are very, you know, very outspoken. They're definitely not the type to just, you know, watch their children just kind of live, you know, they're very hands-on, still are hands-on, you know, they still tell me to call them when I get home and, <laughs> you know, and not to speed and that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yes, they do, they do. And, and it's funny, they, you know, help with, you know, the kids and I'm sure they wonder like, how am I not killing them when I'm not around <laughs> here visiting them? And, um, but just, you know, the, the relationships that we have, the love that they had, you know, for us, you know, it influences how I care for my own children. You know, there are things mm-hmm. that I'm like, okay, I, I will never do this thing. <laughs> I don't understand this thing, <laughs> but you know, it just impacts your life so much and things that I've, when I read some parts of my stories and I realize, oh my gosh, that, that came from this place in life or this event and not realizing, mm-hmm. you know, that how that related to some part of my life. My in-laws too, the same, they're just, you know, such loving people. You know, we just have been blessed with just, you know, just being loved, just poured into our family and to our children and that love for them. You know, we just, we just know that that's something that we, you know, God bless us with through them to inherit and to just pass on, you know, with this love for family. I love being around them, you know, even being an introvert, you know, I just, I love being around my family and I've just learned so much from them. These new relationships we talked about, like with adult children and, you know, still having little, mm-hmm. you know, children of a 10 year old, he's now 10. And so they just teach you so much about faith. They teach you so much just mm-hmm. about, you know, prayer, <laughs> constant prayer. And they've prayed for me in those days when I, you know, hadn't found a publisher, they just, we would have, you know, we'd pray every Sunday night together and I could look back through some of the journals where they, you know, were praying for, you know, mommy to get a publisher, mommy to get an agent, mommy to, you know, and so just, Mm. they were right there with me in this. And so we celebrate together because it's been something our whole family has just, you know, just been invested in. So it's just, you know, they're blessing, you know, we, they, you know, crack me up, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, a it's just been, you know, just grown together. That theme of family really comes through in Walking in Tall Weeds. 
And well, there's so many things I love about the book, but I think that was what first engaged me was um, just the the husband and wife relationship. I'm trying to think of Paulette and, and, yes, Fred, and Fred, right? Fred, yes. Etta yeah. and Fred. Or, yeah. yeah. And uh, McKinley, mm-hmm. their son. And just the the ups and downs that husbands and yeah. wives have where sometimes I've been married 33 years. Sometimes there, you know, there's there's moments in there where you you don't even really yeah. like each other all that much. <laughs> there's always those yeah. moments, but that love right. comes through. And so that drew me into the story and I could just feel it, it felt real to me. Like I could step into someone else's story and have it teach me something about my everyday life without you being teachy or wow. preachy. And that's what I love about Thank your you. fiction. Uh, the other thing I love is that you have some, I'm not going to give any of them away, but you have some interesting okay. cliffhangers that <laughs> make me think something's going to happen and that's not what happened. So that really uh, kept me connected and reading. But there are some other things that you have in here. Like you tackled some tough issues in fiction without it coming across as if you're trying to lecture or preach or teach. And yet Mm. I learned. So one of those is how we treat people who think differently or look differently from us. So tell me a little bit about how you, and maybe you can't say how, but um, what made you decide to weave that into your story, into walking in tall weeds? You know, we... I mean, well, I'm in that season of life, the same season in terms of marriage that you are. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I have been married um, almost 30 years, but we, we think a lot alike about you know, the major things, which is very helpful. You know, in mm-hmm. our faith is, you know, we're just you know, strong together. You know, we're so, you know, we're a unit with that and, you know, and how to torture our kids. We're good. We work together on that. <laughs> but, um, you know, some of these, so that inspired a lot of that part of the story, but in terms of the relationships with, you know, within our own family um, and in this, our, our Christian family, which is, you know, much bigger. And then just in this world, mm-hmm. you know, there's just so much, we know, like with all the different, you know, interracial um, issues and um, problems we have with inter, like generational issues um, with understanding, mm-hmm. you know, like just sometimes it's hard to understand like where my parents are coming from or, you know, it's hard for them to see like where, you know, that my, my teenagers are coming from. Um, there's that like in the story and, mm-hmm. but knowing that what God calls us to do is to love and mm-hmm. not loving sin or not loving, you know, wrong, but loving mm-hmm. each other and not having to agree. Like even within my own family, we have a range of political beliefs. We have a range of just opinions or very opinionated group, very passionate group. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as a parent, it's that, you know, command to love that just, you know, we try to bring home and just let's listen, let's learn, you know, how can, how can you listen to me if I, if I'm not listening, you know, like how can, um, mm-hmm. I've learned so much like from my, you know, my oldest children just, and how they relate to the world because they're just, they're being confronted with so many different things, you know, than, than I was at that age. And just watching them and seeing how they carry themselves, you know, in the world has taught me. And that's how I, you know, I wanted to, to write that character, write McKinley, so that he's this, you know, a strong person who's, you know, struggling, wants to please his parents, but also wants to stand up, you know, and be a man, you know, and stand up for himself mm-hmm. and to be respected. He wants to honor his parents, but also be respected. And, 
it's hard though because I think with writing um, Walking in Tall Weeds, the answers or not their answers, but the way I address situations, they may not be popular. Um, mm. And even within, I guess maybe even the, the faith community, but I always want to, you know, point back to Jesus, you know, and not to say mm-hmm. it's easy, you know, it's not an easy mm-hmm. thing, but this is, you know, what, you know, just loving in spite of and loving because of and loving yeah. through. And that's the message I really wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter, you know, what, how you look or where you worship, you know, um, the church where I attend, it's, you know, it's very, you know, we have all colors, you know, and I love that because you think about Sundays and how divided we can be, you know, just yeah. on that one day, you know, so yeah. So I just wanted to write a story that I, I, I felt like would, you know, be a mirror, I guess, for people, you know, for me, as mm-hmm. well as, you know, for parents, for people in our communities, for, our, you know, our pastors and our churches and um, it's a big responsibility, I think. Yeah. What I love is that you can get into somebody's mindset in a story and reflect what people in real life might be thinking and address it, but without it sounding like it's right mm-hmm. or wrong. You're, you're like the main character can be thinking something about somebody walking mm-hmm. into church and they don't belong here. And you can you can read the thoughts in a fictional character. And so it made me examine some of my own thoughts and to ask me, ask myself, you know, have I thought this or have I responded this Mm -hmm. way? I mean, you cover so many things like um, a son keeping a secret or a husband keeping a secret from his wife or um, racial inequality or the way people perceive other people based on tradition Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. instead of on who they are as a person Mm -hmm. or judging a woman because she can't cook. I mean, there's like so many different, like you, you, you're the, the ways you demonstrated are diverse. So I love that. Um, What would you want people to take away after reading, especially walking Mm -hmm. in tall weeds? Cause that's the only Mm -hmm. one I've read right now, but I know that you, your other fiction is probably just as rich and deep as this one. And well, I hope they enjoy it. I know that, you know, it's, but, you really hit the nail on the head. Like I didn't want to, to give, you know, necessarily like an answer. This is what we should do. I did want to reflect like these are the different, you know, as a, as a believer, we're going to go through the same problems as the world. It's just how we respond to them and how we, Mm -hmm. in ourselves, like what things we want to change. That's the difference. And so that's what I hope that people will, I mean, some things are natural, like you're going to, we're going to jump to conclusions. We're going to have personal preferences. Mm -hmm. We're going to have dislikes, you know, and um, we're going to get angry or frustrated or, but how do we respond? Like, how do we change? So I I want people to be able to see themselves, you know, in the book and be willing to change or to not feel like it's about someone else. It's easy to say, I don't have to deal with this problem. That's not me, that's them. Or to see this, you know, as an African-American family, it's just, it's a family. And and mm-hmm. to read it just as a, a family, as a story, and to be able to connect with the story and not feel like it's about other, you know, or someone else. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah, yeah. that's my hope. 
that, you know, that anyone will be able to pick it up and be able to connect with the story. And it just show like mm-hmm. we have these thoughts and, and not to show judgment, but these thoughts are, are there to really kind of put you in the story. And I hope that readers will just be able to just jump into the story. Yeah. I think that's why it resonated with me so much because to me, fiction needs to be entertaining, which is, you know, you have lots of entertainment there. So that that's, mm-hmm. that's partially why we pick up books. But I also pick up books because I want story to change me. I do that with movies too. I want mm-hmm. the movie to somehow make me feel so I yeah. don't just walk away and say, well, that was nice. And so it's like, I, I think that's what I found to be really rich about your book was that I didn't just walk away and go, well, that was nice. It made me think. And I like fiction that makes me think. Oh, you know, I just write everyday things, you know, because that's what my, you know, that was one thing that almost stopped me from Mm -hmm. writing or thinking that I couldn't be an author because I didn't live this, you know, fantastic life, you know, traveling, you know, and flying (laughs) hither and that. I just did. That wasn't my life, but you know, but I did want to write relatable fiction. Like this is, you know, this is where I saw Jesus and, or this is my everyday and it's still important. Like what I'm doing is important, even though it may be, you know, just cooking a meal for 20, you know, 20 children, but you know, there's an importance there and there's something to be, to be learned in what we're doing and that someone else can be blessed by what you're doing. And so that's what I, I hope when I'm, I'm writing that that's what, you know, I'm, I'm accomplishing, I guess. And Walking in Tall Weeds is about like a week in yes. the life of the yeah. characters. Yeah. So, you know, it's like a lot happens in their week. <laughs> but but... <laughs> Yes, but I hope people see, okay, they, they still live on. Just like, you know, we, we go through a, a lot. Like this week for me has been jam-packed. It's just Thursday. Yeah. And, but, you know, but you might peek into this week, but when <laughs> we end this call, you know, your life will go on with everything that you have to do. And so will mine. And so that's what I want, you know, when people read the book to have the sense that the Baldwins will keep living, you know, after they yeah. stop, you know, but they did get through this thing. Be another thing that comes. So, yes. Yeah. And that's how life is. Yeah. yeah that's how life is. Yes. That's what I, I it's not a book that yeah. ends with they lived happily ever after, but it's so. very satisfying. The ending is satisfying. So that's great. Um, where can people connect with you, Robin, if they want to find you online? Um, it's at robinwpearson.com. Um, I have a website and you can sign up for my newsletter. I have um, that I put out about once a month. I wish I could say it's every like the first, but sometimes it might be the fifth. There might be the fifth. <laughs> because <laughs> real it's life happens. feels right <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um and i'm on instagram at the same just look for you know robin w pearson um and i have an author page on facebook so you can find me there i do like to you know write to blog some so yeah you can find me you can catch me when i'm not you know cooking or sleeping <laughs> that's where you can I'm find me i'm gonna link to that in the show notes. And also I want to encourage people to get the, uh, book, is it a book club discussion guide? Yes. Is that what you call yes, it? Yes. It's a book club yeah. kit. And, um, if you've read the other books, they're also on my site with for till I want no more. And for a long time coming, um, on my site, there's a, a tab that's, you know, books and book club kit. And you can, as you mentioned, get recipes, um, and they're mm-hmm. written from the viewpoint of the characters and yeah. um, so you find that and questions that will help like as you discuss the book once you finish the book or 
um, just other things about issues that the book covers so that you can apply or connect maybe to your own life. Yeah, to relationships and other things. So I, I thought it was a fabulous resource and really well put together. So I encourage people to get that. What's what's next? Are you working on another book? I am. I am. I have a fourth book with, with Tyndale and we had some waist high weeds growing this <laughs> this summer with my husband. He broke his leg and um, my father is having um, some health issues, my parents. So we've been really busy. So the book, uh, I'd hope to finish it in June, but I'm almost done. So turning it in this month and um, it should come out next fall. So really excited about that. And it's about, again, about family and just how, I don't know if with your, your, your son, um, something can happen in your family and there'll be, you know, 25 different you know viewpoints on that event <laughs> and how it impacted them, you know? And mm-hmm. so that's kind of what the story is about. And that some certain things that really greatly impacted um, this, you know, these women and it's affected how they live, how they love, how they parent, but they all have a different view of what the event was. I can't wait. Good, I'm looking good, forward good. to it. So as we wrap up, this is the Life Repurposed podcast. So we talk about how God has repurposed us. And you've been talking all the way through about how God has taken some difficulties in your life and turned them into either inspiration for fiction or things that have changed you. So what do you say to the woman who's listening today, who's in her own repurposing period, what would you say to encourage her? That wait, waiting is okay. Um, not knowing is okay. But just to continue being faithful in, in this place where you are, in the work that you're doing, um, that God will use it. There are times that, you know, I went through with, with my children when I thought I was being just, you know, mom or just a homeschooler. And people would ask me what I did. And I would, I would say something else. And I'd say, oh, and I also homeschool. Instead of, you know, just being full in and just grateful for this time, you know, with my children and just being, you know, grateful for where you are. And, mm-hmm. and then, then it's also okay to say, Lord, I'm really confused. I'm just, I'm lost. And I really need to hear from you. I think I, I felt like I had to put a brave face. Like when we went out with my kids, look good. Don't look crazy. We've got seven of you. Mm-hmm. I have to look, we know what we're doing. <laughs> you know, we feel like we have to do that with God. And <laughs> we don't, we don't have to be that way. Like the Lord knows you're crazy. You know, like he knows where you are and you can <laughs> cry out and your hair can be messed up and you can be struggling. Like it's okay to like you're struggling. Amen. And I for so long, like I just, you know, I just did not want to admit the struggle and the pain and the, you know, the sorrow over I felt like lost dreams. But God, he met me like he really has just, you know, held me close and, you know, showed me just be just be who you are. I created you and it's time for you and all these crazy circumstances for you and I will use it. Mm-hmm. So I just hope whoever, you know, it feels like they're in the wait, that they're waiting for that thing. Your thing may be where you are right now. Like that's your thing. And and to do it and to do it as unto God and, and he will, you know, he will. Matt, he will use it for his glory, you know, and he will use it for your good too, not just, you know, so just the wait, I guess. Thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate it. I know my listeners do too. Thank you for spending some time with me and letting us have a little glimpse into the author behind the fiction. I hope that we get to meet in person someday, somewhere. Yes, that will be lovely. That will be lovely. I would love that. You'll find a link in the blog post that goes along with this episode at michellerayburn.com 
147. And there you'll get a link to Robin's website, to her book, and to everything else we talked about in this podcast. So thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this chat as much as I did. I will see you again next time. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com to get the show notes for this episode. Each week, I share links to everything mentioned in the episode, graphics you can share, and guest quotes. Before you go, which friend needs to hear this episode? Share a link with a note to invite them to listen.